Here it is, here it is, 2 Corinthians 2.14. All right, it says there, because this came up in prayer, it says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest, or brings forth the savor of his knowledge by us. By us. Hey, did you get that? He, the savor of his knowledge, the, the aroma of his wisdom and his knowledge is by us. But that first part, it says he, he causes us to triumph. It's not passive that he allows us to triumph or that he's pleased with our triumph. But the word there is that he energizes and facilitates us winning. It goes to, along with Romans 2, 4 that says that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So his goodness is what is causing us to turn around and say, he's been good to me, not that he's been hard on me. So thanks be unto God who always, which always causes us to triumph. The word there is total victory. It is total domination. It's the word that's used about Jesus over the devil in the pit, which we know is absolute, causes us. So tomorrow is a day of victory. Praise God. It's a day, if there's any way, and there always is, a way to win. He's, he's giving it. So if we choose to say, well, this one's not going to go, or this one didn't work out, we're just wrong. We just either hadn't seen it or we hadn't waited long enough for it. And... Uh, the other scripture that came up in prayer was in Daniel. Daniel, where in Daniel 11? And I tell you, I hadn't seen this in a while. And I liked it. I am going to make it part of my new confession. 1132. Okay. And this is River Church. The second half of this verse, 32, is us already. But the people that do know their God shall be strong. Hallelujah and do exploits. There's, there's, it's an unknown word there because mine's in italics, and when you look it up, in the, it, there's not a word there, but the, it has to be in conjunction or has to agree with they shall, they shall be strong. And so the King James, anyway, does anybody have something else besides exploits? Well, you could put another word in there, but it'd be something... Uh, That'd be strong. So the people that do know their God shall be strong. Well, hey, I'm knowing God, and I'm strong. I'm strong because I know God. may not feel strong. may have an experience of weakness and a, and a fear of things, certain things that uh, uh, I heard this week about uh, a young woman that uh, the Lord came on her. And she'd had several panic attacks in her past. She's young. She's just 23. Had several panic attacks in her life. And now she was afraid to get out on the road. Um, boy, I'm, I am aware of that because uh, we went through that in 1984. And back then, you, there was no medicine and there was no uh, phones. And the road to Lubbock, where she would go to Lubbock or something, you'd, be, she'd ask where, you'd have to know where the next payphone was. And if you, couldn't, if you couldn't handle the car to get to a meadow or ropes or brown field, then you, know, you just had to stop and just, and just be on the side of the road. And uh, uh, 
But anyway, this young woman, the Lord just arrested her and said, because uh, she was, she had her son in the back seat, a little three-year-old or four, and had her pills in her hand and was driving, just saying, oh God, please don't let this attack, panic attack come, you know. And the Lord said, came into her and said, what are you doing? I have delivered you. I have set you free and just had a long conversation with her and she got, she got free. So these confrontations that the Holy Ghost has are so important. And then um, the last thing that we got in prayer, um, well, this wasn't in prayer. This was another time today, is in John 10. Is the Lord giving you all words? Say yes. He is. Whether you're tuned in or not is another thing, but he is faithful to give you a word. Uh, you probably got a word that you don't even know the full depth of it. I know I did when Steve Sampson was here. It's really cool when someone comes from out of town. When the local guy, that would be me, you know, has a word, there's always the suspicion that it's tainted by the soul. Y'all know? Because I know. I know. I know stuff, you know, or figured out stuff. But the guy out of town, he doesn't know anything. I certainly don't tell him. And uh says in chapter 10, verse 10, the Lord Jesus himself said, The thief cometh not. He does not come except. The word but there would be for except. So he comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And it came up today about that very thing. What does he come for to steal, to kill, and destroy? What does he want that you and I have that he wants to steal? What is the key that if he gets that, he's, he's taken the plutonium out of the bomb or whatever, if he can get that? Well, I'll tell you, it's your words. Everything is your words. You, your, your whole future is your words. My future is not going to be, apart from the creative power of the regenerated man speaking faith-filled words. And so he's come for your words. He's come to steal our words. The Bible, Jesus called him the thief. What does he come to steal? He came to steal your words. He can't get your life without your words. He said, there, I've come that you might have life. Well, how did he bring uh, his life? With words. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So those words right there. Jesus, save me. Jesus, deliver me. Jesus, get me out of this. It's our words. So... Our circumstances affect us if we're away from the fellowship of the saints. If we get out there by ourselves for a while, we'll hear the words. We're going to hear the words. The world is talking the words that we've been instructed, that we've been delivered from. And so those words are what he, are, are, they, they affect us in our experience, like Garland's medical. Well, he sees all sorts of junk all day that I never see. So he would be tempted, I would suppose, to have a conclusion about what he's seen and heard all day and put it into words. So he has to resist that, and everybody does. Barry and Melissa, they're hearing words all day. And if you're a meteorologist like uh, Deborah's son-in-law is, you hear all sorts of stuff. Well, along that same line, it came up yesterday. Along that same line, I got to tell someone that was really in a hammer place that, you know, God's, God is no better than his word because we're no better than our word. The man that does the great thing, but he's no, he can't keep his word, that man's no good because his word's no good. Well, God's no better than his word. So if he can't keep his word, why do we need him? 
What do you need God for if you can't keep his word? Because you, you can't have faith in him. So he keeps his word. There's an implication in the, uh, in the scripture that talks about his word is above even his name, that he, ha he, he must cease to exist. I don't know how that would work exactly, but he's, if he cannot keep, if he ever fails to keep his word, because it, his word is who he is. It's not what he says. It is who he is, and nothing contrary to who he is can come out in this word because he wrote the word. Good word, Lisa. Miss Lisa, that was good. Thank you for that. Well, amen. Well, we got a few minutes here. Let's, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 17. And let's talk about what, what y'all have already said. Amen. There is things coming. I believe there are things coming, family, that we got to get ready for. And it's always been that way, and you've always had to be ready for what was coming. But I believe there's a significant coming. And we're to, uh, we're to uh, stay the course. We've been looking at uh, crossing over to the other side, go to the other side. And... Uh, we looked at the scripture Sunday in chapter 17 of Matthew, verse 18. It says, Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus, because they'd already worked on the child, and said, why could, we not, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And here it is. Nothing shall be impossible to you, unto you. Note there, note there, the last two words, unto you. It's not that it's nothing's impossible to God. Note that. It's nothing's impossible to you and me. Nothing. Mark ten twenty seven, And Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible. They're saying, how can a man, he, he said, it's, 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 uh, it's hard for a man that has riches to uh, be saved. And, and they said, how, Lord? With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, with God, with God, not God, but with God, all things are possible. So there's the with part, God and you. So we're going to have to bring our A game in 2018. But I tell you, there's more help this year than we've ever been. God's not bigger and he's not more, but we know more. We have an understanding of who we are more. We have an understanding of who, how the devil is. And the Bible says we're not, we're not uh, ignorant of his devices. We've caught on some things of how he comes. For one thing, he's come for our words. So we guard our words. We guard our words. Nope, not going to say that. It looks like that. It seems like that's a sure thing. But I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to give place to that. I'm going to say what the word says, or I'm not going to say anything at all because he's come for my words. With symptoms, with circumstances, with experiences, with uh, memories, he's come for my words because if he ever gets my words, then he becomes in the same place that I am as the son of God he doesn't become a son of God, but he takes my authority. I give him permission to do what I said in my life. And so he takes on that same authority. He can have it just like I can have it if he can have my words. He's a disembodied spirit, so he has no authority on the earth. Only the born on earth have authority on earth. 
That's why Jesus had to take on the flesh in order to exercise his authority. He had to take on citizenship. But the devil has that, none of that. The angels have none of that. Demons have none of that. So they have to coerce us, seduce us, deceive us into saying what is not in the word in order to have victory over us. Every failure, every defeat we've ever had is when we first said okay to it with our own words. Nobody ever took advantage of us until we also first took advantage. In uh, uh, John 6, I want to talk about three things that I, that I meditated today, just real quickly. John 6, about how, what keeps us from going to the other side. It's a little negative in, in the sense of don't do this. And I don't really do, like to do messages like that. I stay on the positive side. But um, I believe we can get by with it tonight. Uh, ta just looking at some things that, uh, that people that were going to the other side in their life couldn't go because of these things. Now, remember, God has called you, put you from the foundation of the earth in a position to go to the other side. Everybody must go to the other side. There's a calling on your life, and there's an ability in your life, according to that call, to go to the other side. Everybody should go to the other side. There's no parts in your body that you go, you know, you just don't have to function. It's okay, little finger, if you just sit there and you're in the way or whatever, and all four of them are. Every part has an assignment, and everybody has an assignment. It may be late in life that you're trained up like, like Moses was. All of his life he was trained up, went into the wilderness 40 years, just so that at the right moment he could tell Pharaoh, let my people go, and have 10 meetings with him and effect a deliverance. But he was a long time. He was 80. Was he 80? Well, I think he was 80. He was 40 years in the wilderness just to get him ready for that. So your calling may not be yet that you've done what God's called you to do, and we're all in a big preparation. I don't believe that I'm in my final calling. I don't know what that is exactly, but I'm getting unctions, and, and you should be getting things like, where is all this training and all this word and all this, this winning? Where is it leading me to? What am, I, what am I being set up for by Holy Ghost? Because if he planned the marriage supper of the Lamb, he sure planned the path for you and me to get to the other side. And we've been called to go to the other side. And so in John 6, 61, uh, look at this. This, this, had a, this was a little setback here. It says, Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. Oh, we got to go up a little bit. Uh, where could we go? Uh, Oh, let's go to 56. He, he was speaking, said, he, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. And the, the living Father hath sent me and I live by the Father so that so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. It's getting a little sticky in there in this, in this room. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. A little cryptic. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it or who can understand it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? Now, it was the truth. Y'all know it was the truth, what he said there? 
There was no lie in it. He was telling the truth, but it was beyond their present capacity to understand it. So he, he said, you've got a choice of how to deal with things you don't understand. I suggest you put it on the shelf and ask for understanding. But instead, he asked them, because they were drawing back, does this offend you? In other words, offending is, is I'm unhooking. I'm going the other way. I'm drawing back. And uh, let's see. Verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So the Lord wants to tell us things that are beyond our capacity to draw us in. How do we get to the other side, Lord? How is this going to happen? There's nothing here that I see that's in my experience or in what men say could happen that will get me to the other side where you've called me. It's impossible. It, it's impossible. There's no, there's no uh, uh, a pattern for this. There's nothing here that says this could happen, and yet you have told me that's what I'm going to be doing or that's where I'm going or that's what I ever think. Uh, the Amplified says, uh, but Jesus, knowing within himself that his disciples were complaining and protesting and grumbling about it, because they put Jesus out. This is our this is our man. Signs and wonders cast out devils. And then he pulls this on them. You know, they brought all their friends and their relatives. And it's like, yeah, come see him. And then Jesus stands up and just wipes them all out by saying blood and flesh and eat and drink and you know and they're like ah oh, you know i brought my best friend to this and here this is coming on he, he amplified is this a stumbling block and an offense to you now see there's lots of things that we even we're not deep at all in the sense of of deep things we're, we're just straight up word actually we're just straight up word people we're not uh I had a friend that called me the other day, and he said, oh, I've been listening to some stuff, and I think that word in, in Genesis 1 about seduce, where the, where the serpent seduced Eve, that meant that he had a relationship with her, and Cain was his son, and, and he became the Canaanites, and he, and this, and I, oh no, it's got away from us. Because, you know, you got you to, gotta, and it was beyond his understanding. But I said, listen, listen, listen. Let me talk to you. If I talk to you, will you listen? Well, only if it agrees with what I just told you. So, you know, he was offended that I said, this might not be right. Y'all get this? All of us have had to bite the hard bullet. When he told me, uh, to come to uh, Alabama, or that I was leaving, a good church with all my family, I didn't jump on that. I'm telling you, I didn't jump on it. I, I didn't run from it, but... And then when he said, the way we're going to do this, because it seemed impossible, is he says, you're going to travel. You're going to take, take this gospel and travel the nation. I didn't like traveling. I didn't like speaking to strangers. I didn't like calling pastors. I didn't like any part of it, N-O-N-E. And so I was tempted to be upset. Actually, I was upset that day. It was in Tulsa, and it was in a Mark Brzee meeting. And the Lord said, I'm, I want you to travel from coast to coast. And Eric was still in school. You know, what do you do with him? There's just lots of impossibles to it. But I finally put it aside and said, okay, I will jump in this little U-Haul 
spend all the money I have and get myself to Alabama. But you better be there when I get there. You better be on the other side. Does this upset and displease and shock and scandalize you? The Amplified says. What then will be your reaction if you should see the Son of Man ascending to the place where he was before? He said, if that bothers you, if you blow out on that, what are we going to do when we have to go to the next step and you're not ready? You're sure not going to be able to stand there. Now, family, I'm just telling you prophetically that there's things in every one of our lives that he has prepared and he's trying to get us ready. He's trying to get us where we'll bite here so that we can swallow there. He said he made you rich. He became poor that through your, his poverty you might be made rich. He said by his stripes ye were healed. It doesn't look like it's happening. But if we can bite there, then down when the next step comes, he's just given us lead time to go to that place. Well, how do you know? It's in the Bible. He does it. It's how the Lord does it. He pulls on us as hard as he can on something that doesn't matter, that doesn't affect people, uh, that does not ruin them with our false doctrine, our weird approach, gets that straight, and he can trust us there, so then he can point you to a place and said, now go there. The challenge will never be over, but we got to cross these little bridges of trusting him with things that seem so contrary, and our reputation is out there. We got to go there. You just got to tell people. I mean, you're coughing, you're carrying on, it's just you're, you're a wreck, and you say, just want you to know that last night I got prayer at church and I'm healed, whole, and healthy. Just want you to know. <coughs> you know, you, you go, I don't want to do that. Well, then you can't go over here because it's tough enough over there. And you can't go there until you have got this thing locked up and nailed down on this side. The New American Standard Version says, but Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? Now look around at people that have stumbled at this gospel. Because we've been involved in no moral mess. We've been involved in nothing that's uh, doctrinally blasphemous or anything. It's just gospel. I said it's just gospel. Jesus wants you funded. He wants you healed. He wants you blessed. He wants you to be the head. And just the gospel. We're not teaching any blood, eat the blood, or you drink the blood and... We're not doing anything like that. And yet people want a more passive gospel that just says, if you'll just go right over the salvation line, just do barely enough, you'll get into heaven and you can still have all the fun you can bear. That's what they're looking for. But it doesn't train you for anything. It doesn't prepare you for what's coming. It does not set you up that God would say, I can pick you because back then when there was, you didn't have a dog in the hunt, I was able to pick you out and say, I can train that one. I can, I can use that one. The, uh, the cotton patch, <laughs> you know the cotton patch? I had to go look it up. It says, uh, he said, does this gag you? <laughs> uh, the, 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 the English version, the something English, TEV. Without being told, Jesus knew they were grumbling about this, so he said to them, does this make you want to give up? Now that's the best translation right there. Because it says they walked out. They walked back. They didn't follow him anymore. They gave up. Well, if a little teaching that's, uh, that's beyond our understanding makes us give up, then how can he ever give us new stuff? How can he ever stretch us out there and say, I got stuff that you have here to, that you've never heard, 
but if you'll just work with me, if you'll just let me, I'll teach you and you'll all of a sudden. And that's what this man that I was talking to about said. Well, he told me, he said, this is the first time I've read Genesis. And I'm watching a guy on TV. And this is what he says. And I said, well, gosh, maybe there's another version of that if this is your first time out. Oh, it's the truth. They've been lying to me for years. And just all this stuff. I'm like, oh, man, friend, let's. does this affect your future? Does this affect your salvation? Let's. Let's study things that get you healing the sick and, and, you know, getting your bills paid and stuff like that instead of Cain came from the devil and Eve. I don't know. What do y'all think? Do y'all think we may, may need to study that one a little bit longer before we just swallow that whole thing? Uh, that wasn't all of it. That was just, that was the one that, that was the dog that came out of the gate. Hallelujah. So, um, what could we be offended about? Well, recently, uh, we came into contact with someone that has a brother that didn't get healed. Now, this man's not spiritual. This man's not been in the ministry. This man doesn't even really go to church. But God didn't heal his brother. Am I telling that right? God didn't heal his brother. And he's mad as snot. He's just, he's just like, oh, gosh. It's not even him. His brother's not spiritual at all. Not at all. And he's taken up this offense. It's a false offense. It's just like, ah, what could we be mad at God at and have an excuse to stay home? Like, that works. Um, uh, do, do, I talked to a pastor this week, and uh, he had 200 people, and uh, things just happened and happened and happened. And uh, the devil just was whipping him from doorpost to doorknob, just everything, and he just couldn't stop it. He just didn't raise his voice to the devil, and now he's down to 20. And uh, Steve Sampson had told him to call me, and so he called me and said, well, I hear you're down to 20. And I said, well, yeah, when we have five visitors. <laughs> yeah, I think we didn't. Oh, that was 19. <laughs> Now, y'all, I'm not, I am, I am, I'm in, I'm in. Me and Jesus are good. I am called just like you are, and this bothers me none. My question to him was, is, he says, well, we just can't keep going for 20 people. Well, why not? Why are you so ding-dong important that you've got to have multitudes for your voice and your time, but little country churches everywhere are doing how many do you have to have to say, I'm worth this? And here's my point. I'm getting off a little bit. I am bought with a price. Point to yourself and say it with me. I am bought with a price. Say this now. And I am not my own. Now that's the truth. So if the little toe doesn't get to be on the, on the, the beauty side of your face and doesn't get to be a... Uh, you know, the little toe, it's down there. We put a shoe around it. Unless you're a woman, you put a sandal around it and paint it up and, you know, shine it up and all that. But, but just take any part and say, you know, I'm getting no respect. Still pretty important. And I'm, I'm important at River Church, just like you're important at River Church. So I straightened that broken wagon wheel out. I'm telling you, I was on it. So, uh, but uh, does people leaving the church cause people to stumble? and get offended, and gag, 
And uh, what was that other word? Uh, give up? Absolutely. But I'll tell you, God can't use them anyway. He cannot use the fluff. He only, I, I, I could quote you Gideon. He said, we got way too much fluff here. We got 33,000 men. I need 300. Everybody else is fluff. And sure enough, he said, anybody want to go home? And they loaded up their little wagon and went to the house. But there was 300 that says, we're not going anywhere. And you are those 300. And it'll all turn out good. It'll all be all turn out amazing. We're just through that little low spot right now. And it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm ready for 300 at every service. 300 will never surprise me. Anyway, um, you know this. We won't go there because we're about out of time. But you know my story about Peter in the boat and, the, and, and him saying to the Lord, if that be thou, bid me come. And the Lord said, come. Uh, would you have stayed in the boat? You're Peter, and there's 12 of you in there. What if they took a vote before anybody jumped out? What would the vote have been? Well, we know it had been 11 to 1, don't we? Because after Jesus was walking, and that's their master, their model. He sat down and loved them and taught them and assured them. But they wasn't walking on the water. And listen, remember, it wasn't fire. Remember, it wasn't sulfuric acid. It was W-A-T-E-R. Many a people have fell in the water and didn't walk and survived. They got wet and it might have been cold, although in Israel, maybe not. It, it, this wasn't like, but there's alligators and there's sharks. There's white sharks and man, it, no, it's just water. And so Peter takes a vote, and it comes up 11, say, we stay in the boat. Would you stay in the boat with the 11, or would you be the one against the 11, or contrary to the 11, and get out of the boat just based on the word, come? Very provocative to think about. Are y'all thinking about it? It happens all the time. So when you have a church, or a PTA, or a anything... Um, the ten spies that said, we think we ought to go to the house and, and get us some giant killers. We are not those men. But two said, we, we can do it. They voted against the odds. Five to one, so to speak. Ten to two. And Peter, I like this guy. It was 11 to nothing. And he had to cast his vote against the 11 and say, I'm getting out of the boat. I... I like that. That's got stuff in it. That's got, it's got a moment of spontaneity in it that says, I'm not even going to think about this. He said, come, let's just figure it out later. And I can swim or something. I don't know. That's just the right way to think. Now, he blew it later. Well, I've done lots of good stuff and then later on got, got kind of messed up with it. But I always go back and talk about the part where I got out of the boat. <laughs> Forget that other part. So let's talk about the boat thing. Get, I got out. The water thing didn't turn out so well, but, but I got out of the boat. Amen. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. So that's one thing that we do is we, we, uh, we don't make the crowd our Lord. Jesus is Lord. I said Jesus is Lord. Say it with me. Jesus is Lord, not the crowd. 
There's a great power of persuasion with the crowd. Great power. Do not underestimate the power of the mob. They will overwhelm you, and it is almost impossible to stand alone against the crowd. We're doing it, but it's, it's very, very challenging. And I could give you some personal stuff, but it just... It'd be of no consequence, so we won't. Uh, Mark 11, chapter 11, let's forgive. It says in chapter 11, verse 20, verse 20, let's go to 23. Uh, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, he saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, therefore, because that's true, then you can jump to this one. You cannot jump to this one until you believe the first one. Therefore, I say unto you, because the mountain will move, if you believe what you say, what things soever ye desire. What do you desire? What do you need? What do you want? What is, what is the next step of provision or turn in your life? Whatever things you desire, do you have a list? Do you have it in your heart? Do you have something going on that you're thinking about? I need this. This has got to happen. When you pray, so go to prayer, believe that ye receive them. Same language that's in 23. And ye shall have them. Ye shall have them. There's praying involved. But then in verse 25. He said, let's get this thing complete. Let's not just have a thing where we're trying to get our, our cabinet full and our stable full. When you stand praying, so we're praying about what things ever we desire. Forgive. Forgive. Don't forget this, he said. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. There's an implied there that if you, if you have unforgiven trespasses that you're aware of, I mean, I've hurt many people's feelings, and I didn't even know it. And I, I didn't know it till they told me later, and sometimes you just know. They walked away. Now, there's a couple in Birmingham that I was dear friends with, and I don't even know what I did. But they suddenly just wasn't, didn't want to go to dinner, didn't want to. Somehow I've offended them. Y'all know those people in your life? They, they just they just cooled off. I mean, you were having a blast and going places. And uh, so I don't know. But people that I know, you know, I was a little tough with them. Let's see what the temperature is next time. Well, the temperature wasn't so good. So I have to I have to repent. I have to say I'm sorry. Well, OK or not OK. Y'all know this. Amen. So uh, he said, if you have all against any. So there's that part. I've ground my teeth about some folks not that long ago. I'm pretty particular about how you leave a church because Dr. Cole told us how you leave anything is how you're going to enter the next thing. So it doesn't matter to me if you leave, but it's going to matter a bunch to you. So just come and tell me, hey, we're out of here. Or, or write me a note or leave it on the front door. We're gone. But don't just disappear. And let me find you in public. Start conver a conversation about how things went last week, and this actually happened. You know, I didn't know they'd left till the next week. <laughs> you know, they hadn't been there in two, and I said, hey, you know, 
we're having this. We were doing fire starters at that time, and we're doing this. And boy, so proud of y'all. Go Jesus. I didn't know they'd left. That's pitiful. You know that's pitiful. Isn't it interesting, on another note, how California, get a little political here, has thumbed their nose at the federal government and said, we'll be a sanctuary state. We don't care what you say, and we won't do your immigration thing. And then all the cities in California rise up and said, well, we believe we won't do what you say, California. We're going to buck up and rebel and not be sanctuary cities. Well, how dare you rebel against us, you little cities in California, as they are rebelling against the feds. I'm telling you this because it is a seed time and harvest. It is a what you do is what you get. You all see that? It, it, it cannot not be in play. So we have to forgive. We have to forgive. We got to be tender and just say, this isn't worth anything. Me forgiving, me, me asking for forgiveness and, and, and asking people, it's, it just is nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. You, you temporarily put your, your whole life in a contrite place and just say, I blew it. I busted it. I, I was totally off. I was thinking of me and not you, and this wasn't God, and this isn't the way we do. You just have to, you just have to blow out and empty out, and then you just leave it there, and they may say up your nose with a rubber hose. You just don't know how it's going to go, but you've got to get it out there so that you can go to the Father and say, what things soever I desire when I pray, I believe I receive them. Because when I stand in front of you asking for that, I have ought against nobody. And sometimes you've got to, you know, like Lisa said, you've got to go over there and get quiet. And say, i got to act, you know, ah, I'm not mad at anybody. <clears throat> you know, you can tell the next time you see him or somebody brings up Johnny Bob's name and, you know, whatever, what a blessing they are. And you remember what a blessing they aren't. And so you, you, you got ought. I've had a lot of ought. When you're pastor, you get a lot of crud. I know everybody gets crud, but I get crud y'all don't know about. And I, take, I used to take it personally. And I used to, you know, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I work for Jesus. I'll go tell the boss what you said. <laughs> call him. Call him. Or he can call you. Whatever, whatever you want to work this. But I, I, just work, I just work for him. He's got me hired. And I, if he doesn't like it, he just gets rid of me. But so far, he said... Good job. Just carry on. So I do. Hallelujah. Well, my heart in this uh, is, here it is. I'll read this. It's not even eight. I love this scripture, and I would encourage you to write it down and uh, make it a part of your life. It's Job twenty-two twenty-eight. It's a major scripture for this year. And I know that just because uh, he's ministered it to me. And said, I want this in your life. I found that new scripture today in Daniel. Um, they that know their God shall do exploits. See, I'll be strong and do exploits. But Job 22, 28 says, you know, it says, ye, ye shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, and the light shall shine upon your ways. The Amplified, you know, the multiple choice version says, you shall also de decide... And decree a thing. So I've been deciding to decree, not just saying, well, this would be handy, this would be good. No, I've been spending some time just saying, I decide this is, this is going to come into my life. I'm not decreeing it one time. I'm going to purposefully 
embrace it, lay hold of it, and declare it out of a possession mode versus out of a I want it mode, but it's not here. It says, you shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. That's real perfect, I think. It's really good. So, I'm going to the other side, y'all. Don't even really know, because I've been in the storm, a lot of storm. Sometimes you can't even see the other side. You just know that what that scripture was in um, in uh, Mark, where he says, I want you to pass over to the other side. That word means, I want you to pierce through to the other side. There's been a lot of uh, stuff to pierce through. It's not people, though. We wrestle not against people. It's always the devil behind people, and they don't know they're being used by the devil. I, I've been used of the devil and didn't know it, and then I did, and I was so embarrassed and so, you know, said this and assumed that. A lot of assumption. And you just got to say, I'm sorry. You just, you just, that's all you can do. You can't, you can't go back and change time. So um, I'm, I'm on this. I am going to the other side. I don't believe it's too late for me. I, you know, I, I'm in. I've always been in. And just wobbling on the track doesn't make you get thrown off the track. I've always been on the track and maybe wobbled on the track, but I've always been on the track. How about you? Just, you know, a little there, a little there, but still on the track. So I'm going to the other side. And on the one hand, it depends on other people. But on the other hand, if you're going to the other side, it doesn't matter if you have to go around the storm like some airplanes. They, they, go, they see it on their radar, and they go around a big thundercloud or whatever to get you to Philadelphia. I, I don't care. The other side's where I'm going. Because I could go be with Jesus now. The Word tells us that we don't die, we depart. I'm not, you know, I'm not culturally old enough to depart. Uh, but I could. You could. You could just say, I'm tired of this trash. And you'd be right. And you'd say, I don't have to take this anymore. And you'd be right. You don't have to take it. But I'm like Paul that says, but if you need me, I'm going to stay. Well, the kingdom needs me, so I'm staying. I'm not just staying on the earth. I'm staying at River Church. I mean, until, until he, I'm in. This, this bothers me none. Nothing bothers me. Nothing bothers me. Is that right? Nothing bothers me. I mean, she's a witness now, just almost 11 weeks tomorrow, a witness. Because I'm the same. But, uh, bless God, I want to see the other side. I've been hiking this trail a long time. I don't want to just, just be 40 yards out and say, I give up. You know, uh, the prophet Elijah said, uh, I alone, Lord, am here. And the Lord said, well, actually, i got 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee. You're not quite as exclusive as you think. Well, you know, I'm not in a foreign country where they're cutting off hands and where they're, you know, there's no need to quit. i got every luxury that's known to man available to me, so you do too. So let's just go to the other side. And when something comes up to steal your words or something comes up to make you angry and whatever, something comes up to... Uh, uh, offend you, we just say, you're not worth not going to the other side. You're not worth it. I, you're not worth it. And I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking this mess. I'm going to the other side. I've decided that that's all it is. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah. That we know our God. Not You fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We, Lord, at River Church are endeavoring to increase in the knowledge of God. And Lord, we knowing you and understanding you and abiding with you and you long suffering with us and patient with us and enduring with us. Lord, you said if we don't faint, we'll reap. We'll see the other side. So I give you praise, Lord, tonight that the path is clear, the light is shining, and, Lord, we're all going where you've sent us by faith. And, Lord, we thank you. We're grateful. Well, there is no discouragement here. There is no sad day here. There is no woe is me here. There is no what are we going to do here, Lord. We are on track. We're going through the storm, but we're on track to go to the other side. Thank you, Lord, for letting us go. In Jesus' name, amen.